Hi, everyone. Welcome to Childcare Inspirations, inspiring early childhood educators and providers through laughter, learning, and connection. Welcome to another episode of Childcare Inspirations. My name is Sharon Ness, and I'm a consultant with Creative Childcare Consulting, and I am so happy to be bringing you our first December podcast. So today, we're going to be talking a little bit about compassion fatigue. We are in December, and many of us have been struggling with the ongoing pandemic since March. We've had a lot of ups and downs. We've had a lot of challenges. We've had a lot of heartbreak. And some of us are becoming very, very tired. And because you work in a role where you're caring for others, there is a really, really great chance that you may be dealing with compassion fatigue. Now, first of all, you know, let's talk about what compassion fatigue is. And I found the best definition Um, on the American Institute of Stress website. And they basically say that it's the draining of emotional energy for those of us who deal with others' pain. A lot of people um, think about uh, frontline healthcare workers when they're talking about compassion fatigue. But let's face it, you're dealing with families, you're dealing with children, and you're dealing with your own stresses that are coming from home and it it compounds. It may take a little longer for you to get to that uh, stage of compassion fatigue than, say, someone who's working in ICU or in the emergency rooms um, or wherever else um, in this crazy world we're living in, people are are dealing with the pain of others. Compassion fatigue is something that's very progressive and it may not, you may not even realize that you're dealing with it. it. It's kind of sneaky. And in the end, you you end up at kind of a shell of who you are. You are burned out, you're frazzled, and you're not functioning the way you would normally expect yourself to be functioning. So let's talk a little bit about this. You You are a prime candidate for compassion fatigue. And you are still dealing with your at-home life and the safety of those around you, our rules are changing all the time. And the world has become a very tricky place to navigate. So the first thing that you're probably wondering is how do you figure out if you have it or not? And I was really pleased to discover that there's a lot of different quizzes that are online. Some of the questions on those quizzes may not um apply to child care professionals, but I think that you can definitely navigate through and, and get a really good idea if you are dealing with compassion fatigue or if you're suffering with compassion fatigue. Uh, because as women, and let's face it, many of us in this field are women, we tend to brush off a lot of symptoms as, oh, I just need a good night's sleep or, oh, I'm just a little out of whack. And we tend to downplay and minimize symptoms that may be manifesting in ourselves. 
But if you want the quick and dirty list, let's talk about some of the things that these quizzes address. They will um, ask you about your moods. Have they been have they been swinging very radically? Are you having dramatic mood changes? Are you less optimistic than you used to be? Are you always thinking about negative thoughts or have you actually become cynical? You may be quick to anger or you may be much more cranky than people are used to seeing you as. And you may start to withdraw from the people around you. Uh, You could be considered detached. And when we're working with young children, we want to do everything that we can to avoid that detachment because the children need the opposite of that. They need our attachment to them. The quiz will also talk to you about addiction. So are you self-medicating with legal or illegal drugs more than you would uh, normally do? Are you drinking a little bit more? Do you find yourself in the casino <laughs> gambling? Um, another addiction is is to work. Are you throwing yourself into work and volunteering and keeping yourself busy so that you don't have to face some of the challenges that you're dealing with? So addiction comes in a lot of different forms. The quizzes also bring up questions around anxiety or depression. And it's very difficult not to be anxious in this day and age because we are dealing with so much uncertainty. But I think that if you're finding yourself really reacting in in an anxious or depressive way, that is something that you need to pay attention to. You could be getting a little bit weird um, about everyone's safety or your safety. Um, You may feel demoralized. You may not feel that you're a good professional or that you're a good mother or wife or friend or sister or daughter. Just realize that these can be signs of anxiety or depression. The quizzes will ask you if you're having a hard time being productive at work. And that's a really difficult question to be asking ourselves, but we should be asking ourselves, am I doing the best job possible? Am I having a hard time doing the work that needs to be done? Are you having trouble sleeping? insomnia or needing to nap or being awake all night long and the, 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 the struggle to stay awake in the daytime. The other thing is that if you're having a lot of really disruptive dreams that wake you up multiple times throughout the night, these are also signs that perhaps you are dealing with um, compassion fatigue There's a list of physical symptoms that these quizzes will ask you about. So they're going to ask you, are you feeling exhausted and fatigued and tired all the time? Has your appetite changed? Are you having very little to eat or are you trying to smother your feelings with food? Are you having digestive issues? (laughs) And that's the nice way of saying, how are you pooping? And and is it normal? Has it changed? Is it become a problem for you? Are you suffering from headaches where you normally wouldn't have a headache? And and there's a long list of symptoms. There's many questions in these different quizzes. Now you need to remember that I am not a doctor. 
uh, nor do I play one on TV <laughs> or on this podcast. So if you do find yourself in a position where you're experiencing some of these symptoms or you've taken an online quiz and you've discovered that um, I may be suffering from compassion fatigue, what do you do? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that you need to see your doctor. And if you're dealing with anxiety and you don't want to be sitting in a doctor's office, many clinics have scheduling so that there's very few people in the clinic. You don't want to do a walk-in. You want to schedule. The other thing is if you are listening to this podcast and you live in Alberta, everyone in the province of Alberta has access to TELUS Babylon, which is free virtual medical advice. Okay, so you can reach out and talk to a doctor and the doctor is going to be able to steer you in the right direction of what it is that you need to do if you are indeed dealing with compassion fatigue. They will also be a much better um, person to diagnose whether or not this is actually your problem. You can do a few things. If you think you may have some symptoms, you can do some things if you get diagnosed. You need to be more aware of compassion fatigue. Educate yourself. There are a lot of really great resources that are um, available online from reputable associations. You want to try and shift your mindset so that you're being much more present, that you're dealing with what's going on right now in your life rather than dwelling on the past. And many of us are doing that right now saying, you know, I want my normal life back or I want, you know, I want my work to be the same as it was before all of this COVID stuff. Don't dwell in the past and don't worry about the future because you can't change the past and you have very little control over what's going to come at you in the future. What you do have control over is how you respond to things in the here and now. So try and be present. Okay. Talk to other people, the other people you work with. There's all sorts of wonderful networking opportunities online, on Facebook. There's specific ones that are Alberta. Um, um, focused and you can reach out to other people in your role in your situation and talk to them about what's going on in your life and you may be really surprised that those people are dealing with the same things too you'll be able to have your feelings validated because really, the only people that understand what a child care professional does and feels are other childcare professionals because we have such a unique role. Those people may be in a position to offer you support and you may discover friendships that you would normally have never had given the current circumstances. And by all means, talk to the people that you're working with. When somebody says, how are you? Answer them honestly and say, you know, I think I'm dealing with, or the doctors diagnosed me with compassion fatigue, and I would really love to be able to talk to somebody about it and see what they have to say. The other thing that you can do is start to keep work and home separate. So 
if things are overwhelming at work, don't bring it home. And, and the reverse is true. If things are overwhelming at home, don't bring it to work. Because I promise you, when you get off work, your worries from home will be waiting for you. And the same thing is true. It's your worries for work will be waiting for you when you get back in there. So keep them separate. Because if you deal with one situation at a time, it becomes a lot less overwhelming. On the topic of work and home, do what you can to keep your environments positive. This may be the time where you stop talking to those very negative people. You stop listening to uh, the news. Um, you take a little, you know, news holiday or social media holiday, and you begin to look at ways to make work positive and happy, because after all, we work with young children, and we want a positive healthy, happy environment for them so they get all those wonderful, wonderful um, hormones of serotonin rushing through their uh, bodies and brains rather than the nasty old cortisol. And do the same at home. Find reasons to be happy. Spend more time with your children. Be silly. Be grateful that your children and your spouse are close to you at this time, that maybe they're not going out and, and, and perhaps they're having to work from home and, and look at all the advantages that there are because we tend to get very hung up on what's wrong with everything rather than looking at what's right. If you may be experiencing some symptoms of compassion fatigue, you need to be kind to yourself. You need to stop burning the candle at both ends. You need to ask for help and you need to be able to take time for yourself to rest, rejuvenate. You need to indulge yourself in some things that bring you joy and make you smile. Do you have a hobby you haven't picked up in a long time? Get the materials you need for that hobby. You can do it with curbside pickup. Get what you need and set aside a little time each week to do something that brings you joy. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to have a purpose except for the purpose of making you happy. So be kind to yourself. Give yourself a little bit of leeway. Cut yourself some slack and stop subjecting yourself to that um, perfection mentality that many of us try to hold on and, and maintain. Uh, super mom or amazing student. Um, it's okay to have a few failures and it's okay not to be perfect all the time. You also have to speak up for yourself and tell people what you need. I need an hour just to go lay down and close my eyes. Nobody is a mind reader. <laughs> Sometimes maybe we wish we could, and maybe there are people who are mind readers. But if you don't tell your family what you need, if you don't tell your colleagues what you need, they can't even offer to help you. So if you need some help putting together something for work and, and need help, ask for it. If you have to borrow something, ask if you can borrow 
the worst thing that anybody is going to say is no. And because of the nature of people who work in the childcare sector, most of us tend to be very, very giving and very, very kind and compassionate. And so it'll be very rare when you get a no. So then those are the things that you can be doing if a doctor has diagnosed you with compassion fatigue or if you think that you're suffering from compassion fatigue in addition to whatever your medical professional suggests that you do. What if maybe you're just a little bit bluesy and you want to make sure that you don't become compassion fatigued? There's some things that you can do here as well. So get your pencil ready. We're going to go through this list. Again, we're going to go back to the present and realize that you can't change the current situation. All you can change is how you react to it. So you can take a couple of positions. You can take the position of pronoia, which is a word that means it's the opposite of paranoia. And it basically means believing that the world is conspiring to favor you. You can start using pronoia as your touchstone or how about this phrase, positive expectancy. When you start to try and find the positive in every situation, and it's a really good habit to actually get into. Um, I do it frequently when working with people, especially people that are rubbing me the wrong way. I remind myself, what is this person trying to teach me? Or what am I supposed to learn uh, now that I am dealing with this person? You can take that attitude and put it towards the current situation. What am I supposed to learn in this season of COVID? How am I supposed to come out of things a better professional how am I supposed to improve myself as a person, as a mother, as a sister, as a daughter? Um, and ask yourself the positive. If you're going to watch the news or listen to the news or read the news, do it in really small doses. Like get the information you need, like what's the weather supposed to be, and turn things off because the news is really depressing right now. And many of us are super, super sensitive right now. So hearing about um, COVID positivity rates, death rates, um, all the problems that are going on in the world, it's not going to help you keep a positive attitude. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm telling you to put your head in the sand. I'm, that's far from it. But I am trying to encourage you to avoid sitting in front of the news and surrounding yourself with all that negativity because there are people that do that that Saturday afternoon they'll turn the tv onto one of the news channels and they'll have that constant drone of the news going on all afternoon don't be that person another thing that you can do is you can start practicing gratitude and begin acknowledging the good things that are in your life and if you are someone who is sitting and listening to me right now saying there's nothing good in my life, I encourage you to really dig a little deeper because you probably have eaten today. You are probably have a job of some sort. You probably sleep in a bed. 
you still have a heart and a compassion and the ability to love. You can still laugh if you choose to. You can still breathe deeply. If you're listening to this podcast, you can still hear. You have so many things that are good in your life that you can be grateful for. And I promise you this, when you start looking for the positive things regularly, it becomes a habit. And when you start with three positive things each day, that list quickly grows to four and five and six. And you see more and more things to be grateful for when you begin this as a practice. So start doing that for yourself. Again, be kind to yourself. And remember, it is not selfish to take care of yourself. Whether you are a caregiver to an elderly parent, have small children, or something in between, you are no good to anyone unless you are good to yourself. So take care of your health, your mind, body, and spirit, and that will make a huge difference. The last thing I'm going to recommend that you do, if you feel like you're a little bit bluesy, is to try to avoid putting the blame on anyone or anything. Trying to find a place to put the blame is really useless and futile. It is. A lot of us, you know, are quick to blame, push blame off onto other people or other situations. And when we're in, you know, when, while we're in this pandemic, a lot of people are shoving blame around and directing their anger and, and perhaps hatred to certain individuals or their choices or what have you. The healthier way for you to deal with this is accept that this is the reality and go about living your best life. It doesn't matter how we got here because we're here and we can't change that we're here. But what matters is how we carry ourselves through it. Okay? I've given you a lot of information and I'm going to draw this podcast to a close and remind you that let's talk about how we're feeling um, and, and talk about how we're feeling in a productive way. So if you're in the staff room and somebody comes in, are you guys moaning and complaining about the current situation or are you trying to bring each other up? It can be an intentional choice. And when you choose the positivity, it can have a real ripple effect on the rest of the team. Take the people that are around you and tap into everybody's skill set and thoughts and brainstorm ways that we can lift each other up during these challenging times. And think about ways that you can support yourself or your colleagues if they're dealing with compassion fatigue. And when you're out doing what you need to do, getting your groceries or picking up your drugs or doing whatever at the pharmacy, think about the other people that um, are probably in a position where they too are dealing with compassion fatigue 
and see if you can bless their lives a little bit by having a positive impact. That's going to be my challenge to you. Now, I will try and put some links into the show notes. I am uh, sending my best to Tina. As always, we are so grateful here at Creative to be partnering with Tina at Inspiring Minds. She does amazing things for our sector, and she is an amazing and kind individual. And I want you to remember that about you too. You bring your best game every day. You have an impact on our future. And all of you inspire me. So until next time, be well, stay well, and I will hopefully get a chance to talk to you again in 2020. Take care. Bye-bye.